your exclusive home for prop sports. Oh, it's good! It's good! This is Rowan Radio. Connors with the game winner! 89.7 WGLS-FM, Glassboro. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. And now, here's your Monday host, Larry Dealman. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS FM. You're tuned in to another Monday edition of Offsides here on Rowan Radio Channel 2. I'm Larry Dealman, your Monday host for the semester. And in the studio, I'm joined by Nick Carlson and Ali Pontano. So we have a nice, uh, nice bunch of topics to talk about today across a few of the professional sports leagues. So we'll start off with the NFL, of course, with our Week 12 reactions. And we'll also talk about our Monday Night Football preview. Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. Then we'll go into the MLB. Some interesting stories uh, occurring today and over the last week or so, so we'll go into that. And then a brief NBA segment with uh, the Sixers. Um, down a few key players, but still uh, going strong in this early part of the season. And then we'll get to our top five like we usually do, and I'll save that. Um, I'll keep the suspense uh, in terms of the topic, but we will get to that uh, the last segment of the show. All right, so starting off with the NFL, Week 12, somehow it's Week 12 already. Remember, though, there are 17 games now, so instead of 17 weeks, now there's 18 weeks, so we still have a few weeks to go. So week 12, a lot of ha- lot of things happened this week. Thanksgiving, three games happened this Thanksgiving, always on a Thursday, of course. We had Bills at Lions, Giants at Cowboys, and Patriots at Vikings on Thursday. The Bills, Cowboys, and Vikings all winning those games. So let's start with that. So the Bills and Lions, a uh, pretty close game. It was only a three-point victory for the Bills. Uh, Josh Allen threw two touchdowns and an interception in that game. And for the Lions, Jared Goff, uh, two touchdowns, no uh, turnovers in terms of interceptions. A lot of good a lot of good action on both sides. Uh, went down to the wire, and then we saw Stephon Diggs make that great catch uh, toward the end of the game, which sealed it for Buffalo. Allie, I'll go to you first. Did you see what? Uh, did you like what you saw from Buffalo in Detroit? Obviously, they had to play two games this week um, in uh, Detroit because of the snowstorms and Thanksgiving with the Lions. Uh, do you like what you saw from the Bills? And do you think the Lions played a good game too? I'm honestly surprised how close the game was. Yeah. When I so I traveled to Pittsburgh for Thanksgiving and we got there right before kickoff and. I was expecting a Buffalo blowout, but as I was watching this game progress, I'm just like, Bills, this is uh, Jared Goff. This is the guy that can't hold it together that's on Detroit. I don't know. I, I like a good game like that on Thanksgiving, but it was kind of scary seeing them keeping it that close. 
Yeah, it was a very interesting game going back and forth. I was actually I, I thought the Lions would actually pull it out. They took the lead in like the fourth quarter, and then the Bills, of course, turned into the Bills that we all know and love. So, of course, the Bills went on to win that one. Looking at those records um, from that game, the Bills are now eight and three. I just lost it. Give me one second. Yeah, the Bills are eight and three, tied with the Dolphins for the division lead. Lions. Four and seven, and they're in second place in the NFC North. The Vikings pretty much can wrap up this division next week uh, as they've been on a tear lately as well. So a lot of things going on for them. Then the primetime game. Of course, we can't have Thanksgiving without watching the Cowboys in primetime. Uh, the 425 game was Cowboys versus Giants, NFC clash. I was kind of hoping the Giants would win that one just because uh, it would push the Cowboys back a week, but alas, the Cowboys won by eight points, 28 to 20. Uh, so we saw Dak Prescott throw two uh, oddly easy interceptions, which was kind of funny, but uh, the Cowboys got the sweep over the Giants this year. Nick, anything um, particularly uh, interesting you saw from that game, um, and how do you think these two teams will look over the next few weeks? Yeah, I, the Giants, they've lost their last, I think it was the last three of their last four, so they've kind of been stumbling a little bit. I feel like everything has to go perfect for them to win, like it has over the first couple weeks. The Cowboys have proven that they're kind of being looked down upon by so many people, but they're kind of putting it all together. Dak's been very good, and Zeke and Tony Pollard, that two-headed monsters look good. Their defense has looked really good. I think if you're going to talk about a team that's going to challenge the Eagles, I think that the Niners and the Cowboys are up there, and then everybody else kind of stays behind. But definitely the Cowboys also being in the Eagles division. I mean, in I when's their when's the Cowboys Eagles game? Is Chris, it Christmas Eve? So Christmas Eve, they have to go to AT and T Stadium. That's going to be basically a divisional round playoff game or a conference uh, championship game because that's two very good teams about to play each other. And really, I think that the Giants and the Commanders are just kind of sitting down at the bottom of that division. And that's also Saturday night football. Not Sunday. Christmas Eve is a Saturday this year, so they're trying to definitely get the Christmas Eve games going as well. Uh, we'll see how that goes. By the way, in terms of the NFC East, uh, the Commanders won yesterday. The Giants lost on Thanksgiving. And guess what next week's game is? Commanders at Giants. So Giants are 7-4, and four, Commanders are 7-5, and five, so that can get really interesting uh, in the coming weeks. And then the other game we saw on Thanksgiving, uh, Patriots at Vikings. Uh, the home team, Vikings, took the dub in that one, 33-26. Kirk Cousins won in prime time. That That's like breaking news. I don't know. It, Kirk Cousins, three touchdowns, one interception. Justin Jefferson is him. Uh, nine catches, 139 yards, and a touchdown. And the Patriots, Mac Jones, two touchdowns, almost 400 yards passing. Allie, anything good uh, that you like about the Vikings? I know you are a Packers fan, so it's kind of hard to um, look at them with a, uh, uh, how would I say, it's like a objective view. So um, does this Vikings team pretty much uh, a team to beat in the NFC? Do you see any major flaws in them? Besides them being the Vikings? Yes. <laughs> I mean, they are a threat. Philadelphia already beat them. But now that Kirk Cousins proved that he can win one game in primetime, I don't know. I could see you guys 
playing them in the playoffs or later down. I I don't know. Um, maybe they can be a threat. Justin Jefferson is is him. That, yeah, absolute union unit. You got Delvin Cook. The defense is strong. It's just up to when Kirk Cousins wants to play. Yeah, so that yeah, some good points there. So we were actually talking about the current playoff seating uh, off air before the show. So the seating right now is as follows. So the Eagles would have the bye week in the NFC. Remember, there's only one bye, uh, one team with a bye now since there's seven seeds. So right now, Commanders at Vikings, so Kirk Cousins' uh, revenge game, I guess. Giants at Niners, Cowboys at Buccaneers. And then in the AFC, the Chiefs would have the first round bye. Uh, Jets at Dolphins, Bengals at Titans, and Bills at Ravens. So a lot of good games there. Uh, Jets, Dolphins would be a division game. Bengals, Titans. The Bengals literally won in Tennessee yesterday, so that's kind of awkward. So a lot of good games going on there. And then finally, another Week 12 game. I know Allie would like to hit the skip button on this one. Please. Eagles-Packers, Sunday Night Football. Um, yeah, so the Eagles won in prime time yesterday against the Pack. Uh, Eagles absolutely stomped the Packers' run defense uh, for about uh, 363. It was uh, very interesting to watch that. And Jalen Hurts ran for 157 yards by himself. Of course, you know, we'll all hear the running back jokes like we did with Lamar Jackson. Uh, Nick, any... Big-time reactions from you with this Eagles-Packers game. Does this solidify the Eagles uh, in a lot of people's eyes, or is this a kind of a game that, you know, okay, they could have won that easily? Yeah, so the way that I see it is the Eagles are a very good team. At the same time, they're one of the worst running defenses in the league. So, yeah, I get it. Jalen Hurts ran for 485 yards <laughs> or whatever it was. Uh, he also looked good throwing the ball, too. It's just I feel like it's going to be the Josh Allen syndrome where when you start to figure him out, then you're going to kind of see who he really is as a passer as well as a runner. I know that they haven't played good teams, and I'm just kind of waiting for them to play a very good team. I, Larry, I know as an Eagles fan, I don't know if right now you could tell me that the Eagles can line up against the Chiefs and single-handedly take them down. I think the Chiefs would close. walk all over. You think it would be close? I, th- I think the Eagles could do it, – it, it, okay. Probably in the Super Bowl. It wouldn't be a playoff game. But, yeah. like, I think, you know, I think the Eagles could do a fairly good job. I don't think it'd be a blowout by either side. Like, it wouldn't be, like, 20-plus on either side, like, in terms of uh, margin of victory. I think there's three teams right now, I would say, would beat the Eagles if they played them, even in Lincoln Financial. I think the Niners would beat them. I think the Bills would beat them. And I think that the Chiefs would beat them. Okay. All right. So, two AFC teams and one NFC. I think the Eagles, you know, I yes, they have played a lot of opponents that, like, okay, they can beat them. Um, you know, I think the Eagles obviously have solidified themselves as a true contender with, you know, they beat Minnesota, they beat Dallas. Um, looking at the next few weeks for the Eagles, they host the Titans next week, so that's an A.J. Brown revenge game waiting to happen. Then you have uh, three road games in a row, Giants, Bears, Cowboys, and then two home games, Saints and Giants again. So, a lot of winnable games there. That Cowboys game, I think, will solidify people's uh, minds. Like, oh, can this, you know, if they win, okay, the Eagles, can they actually might do something. Or if they lose, oh, okay, they might be frauds. So, 
a lot of reactions, and we'll see what happens. And I think the playoffs will be the true deciding test. Larry, I have a question for you. If you had to rank the Eagles right now out of the top 32 teams, where do you rank them? No bias. No bias. Hmm. Definitely top three. Um, I'd say I'd say one or two. You know, depending on the Chiefs. I think. Um, you think that they're better than the Bills? I mean. The Bills almost lost to the Lions. Then again, we almost lost to the Lions. Yeah, I was gonna too. say that was Week One, though. Everybody was so hype Week One, like, oh my gosh, the Lions are going like sixteen, seventeen and zero. They were on hard knocks, like, oh my gosh, that was that was hilarious. Uh, but we'll see what happens. I think the playoffs will be the ultimate deciding test. And of course, with the Packers game, Aaron Rodgers left with an oblique injury. Jordan Love actually did not look terrible. He actually was looking pretty good. That threw a dot to Christian Watson. I was like, guys, what are we doing out there? Uh, and as I already said, the Eagles host the Titans next week. Allie, anything? You were at the game last night. What was your experience like? It was horrible. I regret every second being at the <laughs> link. Um, let's just say, stuff got thrown at my mom, and I got harassed, and it was not a good time. And then I see my boy Aaron go out, and I wanted to curl up and die, <laughs> and my soul left the building. But... It's not a bleak injury, it's a rib injury, and he said uh, in his post-game interview that he made the decision to go off the field because he literally could not breathe, and he was like, um, I probably punctured a lung. Yeah. And the x-rays came back cloudy, and they don't really know if it's broken or not, And but he did confirm he's playing against Chicago next week, so... Because he owns the Bears. Exactly. The thing is, and um, who was it? Mike Tirico and Chris Collinsworth were saying that on the broadcast last night that like every throw he was making, he looked like he was like, in some serious pain. He couldn't even walk back to the huddle. Uh, yeah, and he, it, it looked like he was in pain every time. Like He just did not look like Aaron Rodgers' um, facial expressions. I mean, throwing the ball, he looked fine, but... You know, just like some of the winces he was making, yeah, it did seem like yeah. it was time. It was time to get out of there. It game. was rough. He, he said that the injury first happened after that first sack when he got cracked in the ribs, yeah. and then when we were at the Eagles five, about to punch it in, and he got cracked in the ribs again. That's when he called it. Yeah, he came back onto the field with like no pads, and you're like, "Yep, he's done." So. Yeah. Jordan Love didn't look terrible. I mean, in prime time, you don't have a lot of tape on him. I think uh, Packers fans uh, had something to feel good about with Jordan Love. I mean, I, he is the future. Of, I don't uh, like that guy, honestly. Okay, Jordan Love slander on offsides. What time is it? 5.15 p.m. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just What, really... Nick, you got some slander, too? I, I should have a question. Allie, as a Packers fan, is Jordan Love the future? Because you have Aaron <laughs> Rodgers for the next two or three years, so Love's going to have to come in at some point, and he hasn't really showed anything special. He's been on the roster exactly. for three years. Exactly. Like, if you go back and watch his college tape at Utah, even when they were shown in the draft, I'm like, this guy is not ready for the NFL. Why did we waste a first-round pick on him? You could have had Jalen Hurts. We needed a receiver. We didn't need quarterback then. Now we need quarterback. Maybe we could go for, or I don't know, um, Chase Young. Not Chase Young, but like Alabama and Oklahoma. Like those kind of quarterbacks. Yeah. Not like Utah State join love. The, I, I just don't like him. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I think with, um, you know, you think of the Packers, like, I guess legacy, I guess. You had Brett Favre 
Aaron Rodgers sat on the bench for three years, and he turns into a Hall of Famer. Aaron Rodgers is doing his thing. Jordan Love's been sitting on the bench for like three years now. So maybe they're trying to like repeat that pattern again. I don't know what they're doing, but uh, Jordan Love, I mean, more reps, the better. They said on the broadcast that uh, Love's been getting reps like on Wednesdays because Rodgers rests on those days. So uh, a lot of things to look at. Eagles taking the 40-33 win on Sunday Night Football. All right, moving on to our next segment before we go to Monday night. Uh, the former New Orleans Saints head coach, Sean Payton, is apparently eyeing an NFL return if the Cardinals or Chargers head coaching positions open up. So currently, Cliff Kingsbury is with the Cardinals and Brandon Staley with the Chargers. Do you guys think that Sean Payton would make either of those teams better? Nick, I'll start with you. Yeah, I think that he'd make the Cardinals better. I think that Cliff Kingsbury as an NFL coach hasn't panned out. He didn't work no. in, in the NCAA, and he's kind of struggling uh, in the NFL. Even Kyler said it himself that schematically the Cardinals just haven't been playing up to their potential. I think that the interesting one is the Chargers because I don't really understand the Brandon Staley slander. I think he's a fantastic coach. I think he – they. I mean, Larry, we could just go down the list on their injuries. They've lost – Four out of their five starting offensive tackles. They're missing their whole D-line. They're missing two of their cornerbacks, also a linebacker. Keenan, Keenan Allen a- just came back. Yeah, Keenan Allen Mike Williams just came back, and Herbert's playing through cracked ribs. So oh, yeah, the true. fact that they're 6-5 and five right now is incredible. And I think that part of that's Herbert, but a little part of that's Brandon Staley as well. And if he gets fired, I mean, he'll be picked up right away instantly just be- as a head coach just because people love what he's been able to do. I think that Peyton would make the Cardinals better. I think Peyton would make the Chargers better, too. I just don't think that the Chargers position should or could open up. The Raiders, I'm sorry, the Chargers being in second place in the AFC West is not really that surprising, considering the Chiefs are basically a dynasty right now, and the Raiders and Broncos are imploding. So, I mean, you get what you get. And the Cardinals are almost at the bottom of the NFC West, except the Rams' uh, Super Bowl hangover is very, very real. Uh, Allie, I'll go to you. Sean Payton, Cardinals, Chargers. The Cardinals, I feel like every time I see them like on the news or like the, you know, whatever, it's always, oh, Kyler yelled at DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray don't see eye to eye. Oh, Kyler Murray uh, got the new Call of Duty this weekend. So would Sean Payton just come into either one of these franchises and say, guys, we're turning this around, Super Bowl, here we come? I got to agree full on with Nick here. Like, I feel like he's better suited for the Cardinals job mm-hmm. instead of the Chargers because I don't understand why everyone wants to fire Ern Kingsbury. And like he the Chargers are good. The Cardinals not good at all. But like the Chargers are playing through injury. They are almost on top of their division minus the Chiefs, like you said, their dynasty. But I, I don't know. I, I feel like he can bring it back like when you had a young Drew Brees and just develop Kyler Murray more because he has that great talent around him with like DeAndre Hopkins that that defense is really good when they want to be. So if Sean Payne could come in and pretty much do it like when did he get the Saints job? Like in 2005. Five, I want to say, and then, somewhere around there. Yeah, Breeze was there in like '06 or something. Yeah, so something like that, and develop Kyler Murray, and try to go for a playoff run. That's what you should do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some good points from both of you. So Sean Payton, pretty much right now, is floating around as an analyst. Uh, I know he makes frequent appearances with Colin Cowherd. 
Uh, and actually, what was interesting, the Chargers beat the Cardinals in Arizona yesterday, 25-24. So uh, maybe Sean Payton's like, hey, <laughs> looking for a potential uh, new home there uh, in one of those franchises. So we'll see what happens uh, with them. Sean Payton, of course, um, really did good with the New Orleans Saints. And finally, to wrap up our NFL segment, of course, we have to do Monday Night Football, our preview this week, Steelers at Colts. Oh, my goodness, what a what a great match that is. All right, so we get Mike Tomlin versus Jeff Saturday. No matter who wins or loses, neither team will move up or down in their respective divisions. So right now, uh, the Colts are in second place in the AFC South. That one tie they have with Houston is currently keeping them afloat. Um, above Jacksonville, and in the AFC North, the Steelers are in dead last, and even if they won, they'd be tied with the Browns, but the Browns have that tiebreaker over them. So, Nick, because I know you're a Cleveland Browns fan, uh, any expectations going into tonight? You, you see a, a big win or uh, Steelers, anything? What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's going to be such a sloppy game. It's going to be a low-scoring game probably. Matt Both. Canada is all you need to know. Exactly, yeah. These offenses are not that great. Kenny Pickett's been okay. He's been below average, if anything. Matt Ryan's been below average as well. Both of these offenses are. The defenses are kind of what's keeping them in these games, but when you have two good defenses going against two bad offenses, it's going to be a low-scoring game recipe. Basically, I... I maybe see the Colts pulling this one out, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Steelers win. I know TJ Watt's playing. I just think this is going to be another one of those Thursday night, Monday night, really ugly, low-scoring games. Allie, who do you think will win? This game is uh, this game is in Indianapolis. So Jeff Saturday, another uh, early game in his head coaching career, interim career, I guess I could say. Uh, do you see a clear winner, or do you think this is just going to be another sloppy game? Well, what Nick said and what you're saying, too, it's going to be sloppy. Steelers versus Colts, both offenses are barely hanging on to life. Defenses, it's what keeping them in the division. I want the Colts to win for the meme of Jeff Saturday. Like, this guy literally just walked in there from being a high school football coach and literally a Indianapolis Colts legend and he's like yeah I could coach you guys let's go and and I just want him to win yeah so a lot of a lot of good storylines for tonight of course Matt Canada the legendary Steelers offensive coordinator who can't can't do much um but we'll see what happens Steelers at Colts I think the uh I think the Steelers could probably get a win here. If T.J. Watt's playing, of course, without without T.J. Watt, they can't win. Uh, the Steelers can't win, but I think the Steelers could come into Indy and get that win tonight. All right, so that wraps up our NFL segment for today. Uh, next, we'll do our MLB segment. But first, let's check the WGLS campus calendar. Rowan University's Department of Public Safety would like to remind everyone in the Rowan community about the importance of pedestrian safety, especially while crossing Route 322. Pedestrians traveling along the Chamberlain Student Center construction site are urged to follow all caution signs and avoid directly walking onto the highway. And motorists who fail to stop for pedestrians face serious fines. Please follow state law and stop for pedestrians. For questions about public safety, call 856-256-4922. This campus calendar is brought to you by Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM, your source for campus news and information. We'll be right back after these messages. 
How was your drive to school? Let me tell you. I had to get my iced coffee first. I just can't seem to put it down. My favorite rapper just announced a tour. My phone was buzzing like crazy. I'm so excited. I had to text all my friends right then to talk about it. Then someone started calling me and... Let's try that again. I turned my phone off right away. I never drive distracted. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. You're tuned in to another Monday edition of Offsides here on Rowan Radio Channel 2. I'm Larry Dealman, your Monday host for this semester, and I'm joined by Nick Carlson and Ali Pontano. Nick, what was that thing that you just showed me while we were off the air had to do with uh, Jalen Hurts and the Pro Bowl voting? Or Ali, what, what did he just show me? Basically, that Jalen Hurts trails Geno Smith in NFC quarterback uh, voting. Why? Just, oh my gosh. I I really don't know. I I understand the Geno Smith hype, but like, Hertz, look at the team records. Hurts and Mahomes are literally the top two MVP um, leaders right now. I mean, per, I think Mahomes is doing a really good job too, but you can't argue that Hurts and Mahomes – in, no matter what order, those are the top two MVP. I mean, come on, Geno Smith. Yeah, he's you know he's been really good this year, but you know, come on. Okay, so now we're going to our MLB segment. So here we go. So we were going to start off with Aaron Judge and the free agency uh, drama that's been going on, but guess what? So the Astros apparently the rich get richer. Uh, they reportedly have agreed to a three-year deal with a. Uh, with White Sox slugger Jose Abreu, uh, 35 years old, from Cuba. And, of course, you know, why not? Because the Astros, uh, they've reportedly agreed to this deal. Uh, Abreu is the 2020 AL MVP. Nick, at this point, are the Astros just the runaway favorites for next year? I mean, the Phillies gave them two losses in the uh, most recent World Series, but the does this basically make them favorites once again? Uh, I think it keeps them up in the conversation. I think the fact that you lose Verlander hurts, or at least that they might lose Verlander. I know he's talking to the Dodgers today, but I feel like they still have a good enough rotation. They have a great infield, a great outfield, and Abreu's not bad, but you still got Gurriel and Mancini there as well. So it's you have choices at DH, so... I mean, as you talked about, Larry, the rich get richer. And I feel like from here on out, the Astros are going to be the team to beat. And if the Yankees lose Judge, then really who's going to beat the Astros, especially at the roster that they have and the way that they look right now, especially coming off a World Series title. Allie, any other thoughts? I know the uh, Phillies gave it all they could, but, you know, we're no match for the Astros. Does this just make them unstoppable at this point? I mean, every team has their kryptonite. Uh, the Astros... Yeah, they did acquire a great player, but I just want to see after all 162 games, what actually happens to the Astros? Like, is he a great pick? Is he going to be good until the midseason? I don't know. I feel like the Mariners might be the best shot or the best team to kind of give them a run for their money. Yeah, the Mariners, uh, that great 18-inning uh uh, playoff game 
Uh, of course, the Astros swept pretty much everybody in the postseason except the Phillies, so we'll see how that goes as well. So now we're getting to our original top story in our MLB segment. So Aaron Judge visited with the San Francisco Giants, uh, I think, last week. So Aaron Judge will be 31 in April. He's coming off his record-setting MVP campaign. He hit 62 home runs uh, in the American League. He's been with the Yankees for seven seasons. And even Steph Curry is recruiting Aaron Judge to the Bay Area. Nick, basically, I'll just put it bluntly, are the Yankees screwed if he leaves? Uh, I don't know if I'd say screwed. I feel like definitely they're going to be lackluster offensively. I don't know if Judge is going to leave. I've been saying that he will. I, I He met with San Francisco because I know he wanted to meet with them, but also that video that was going around was only because he was meeting family in San Francisco. He's got a bunch of family there, and I know that the big joke was, oh, it's it, it's over, he's going to San Francisco. I don't think that's the case. I know that both teams are going to put up literally whatever number he wants. I'd say the Giants will be in a lot of trouble, but that just opens up the floodgates to literally get whoever you want. They have enough money to do it, and they could sign whoever they want. So if Judge doesn't come, they can probably get three or four other really good guys, whether it's in their bullpen, whether it's to replace him in right field. I wouldn't be too worried if you're a Yankees fan, but it would definitely sting if you don't get Judge. I wouldn't say that they're really in trouble if they don't get him, but I think that their odds might drop. That bag he's about to get is going to be astronomical. I mean, you know, we saw with uh, Bryce Harper, who we will get to in just a few moments, uh, Bryce Harper at the time signed with the Phillies. It was like the richest contract in North American sports history. Then it was Mike Trout. And I guess, you know, Aaron Judge is going to break the bank. And we even saw, oh, I'm even forgetting the one thing, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes, $503 million over like 10 years. So everybody's breaking the bank. Lamar Jackson's going to break the bank. So at this point, we might see a $1 billion athlete in the near future. Will Lamar Jackson break the bank, though? I mean, what are they, 6-4, and four, and he's been all right? That defense has guided them. Do you think that he's worth Josh Allen money? I There's, mean, he hasn't even made it past the divisional round of the playoffs. No, but I think that he's he's not going to accept like a like a low ball offer. He's going to he's going to really I'm not saying he will get it, but he is going to ask for a lot. I mean, he won MVP, so uh Allie, any thoughts on Aaron Judge potentially going to the Bay Area? Do you think the Yankees are really going to take a step back if he leaves? I really don't know to be quite honest. Like the Yankees, they always have a deep rotation. But at the same time, the Yankees haven't been great in the postseason recently. Mm-hmm. The Astros yeah. are the Yankees' dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to put it bluntly. But if he does go to the Giants, it would just be him going for his family and he'll probably retire as a Giant to stay in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. But I really don't know about the Yankees. They... If he does stay with them, like you you guys were saying, it's going to be a lot of money to keep him, and that kind of puts the Yankees in limbo to acquire more talent to support him. So mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to say. It depends on how the Yankees play out next season and the off season. Yeah, I think this is really going to um, really going to set the tempo for MLB free agency this year. Obviously, Aaron Judge coming off that big MVP season. Uh, So we'll see what happens with the Yankees and the Aaron Judge saga. And then to wrap up our MLB segment, 
Uh, we'll talk about the Phillies a little bit. So Bryce Harper had successful Tommy John surgery, and he's going to be out for a while. They said he could be ready to go uh, by the All-Star break. I also saw like maybe mid-May or like July. So it's basically he's not going to be able to start the season. Let's put it that way. Uh, he had that UCL injury or ulnar collateral ligament injury. It's in your elbow. Um, and they, we've been talking about how maybe Castellanos or Schwarber could maybe be the DH for a few months in Bryce's absence. So I guess I'll start with this one. So can the Phillies get some early season series wins in order to not rush Harper back prematurely? I think the Phillies have the capabilities to win some of those early uh, series in the um, in next season, 2023. I'm not sure. You know, we saw with the Phillies, you know, the Joe Girardi, the end of that era, where they just kept spiraling uh, below 500. And then we saw Rob Thompson absolutely turn the Phillies around. And the team only won 87 games and made the World Series. So I'm not saying that the Phillies are going to be um, really below average or really above average, but I think they'll be able to win enough games so that Harper will not, you know, you don't want to rush an athlete back before they're ready um, because injuries, they could always get worse and you never want that, especially when Bryce Harper is your best player. So, uh, Allie, any thoughts on that? You know, obviously, Tommy John's not a uh, fun injury to uh, have, and it's usually a long recovery period. So, do you think that the Phillies can get back on track without him? I feel like they can, especially if Schwarber plays like he did last season. Mm-hmm. They they can definitely win early games, especially in Citizens Bank, because every Philly fan loves early Philly baseball and they want to pack the stadium. So you're going to have that home field advantage and just the strength of the fans. But at the same time, you really don't want to rush Bryce Harper. Like, I broke both of my elbows when I was a kid. So, yeah, I know how elbow injuries work, and you do not want to mess with it. When he's ready, he'll tell you when he's ready. Yeah, and Bryce Harper just turned 30, by the way, so definitely don't want to rush him back either. Uh, Uh, Nick, do you think that Castellanos or Schwarber could fill that DH role? Do you think the Phillies might just – go after somebody else or a mystery person what do you think i heard a rumor that trey turner's going there i've been reading that everywhere yeah all Twitter. and xander bogarts yeah i i don't know it's it's gonna have to be a wait and see till after free agency i just think that the phillies got really lucky i think that they got hot at the right time which propelled them into the world series i don't know if they had the pitching to get there and i don't know if they had the hitters to get there when harper's not there and you're kind of talking about, let's say, without injuries, and Castellanos, Schwarber, uh, Real Mudo, Hoskins are going to have to stay healthy for the majority of that run until Harper gets back. And until they get back, then maybe they can kind of turn their season into something really good like last year. But the fact that Harper's gone, the heart and soul of your team is going to kind of be missing up until the All-Star game. That really can't happen. I know that they did that for the majority of last year, but the fact that you start your season without Harper kind of stinks, and I don't know if the Phillies can really rally around that although Rob Thompson looks really good I just don't know if they can kind of catch lightning in a bottle for the second straight season Reese Hoskins on the defensive end made my eyes like bleed I just it 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 hurt me to see that and I know the pitching had its iffy moments so we'll see what happens 
there. I know the Trey Turner rumors have been uh, loud, and Xander Bogarts as well. So uh, free agency definitely coming up soon um, this winter for the Phillies will definitely be one to monitor. All right, so that's the end of our MLB segment, and we will get to our NBA segment. Just uh, uh, one story, actually, in the NBA, so nothing uh, too major there. Uh, But first, let's check the WGLS community calendar. The Samaritan Center is a program that helps Glassboro residents with economic difficulties by providing free food once a month. You can give back to your community by donating food, clothes, or by volunteering your time. Email glassborofoodbank at gmail.com or visit online at glassborofoodbank.org for more information. This community calendar is brought to you by Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM, your source for community news and information. We'll be right back after these messages. Put a frog in boiling water and it'll jump right out. But put a frog in cool water and slowly heat it up, that frog will boil. As veterans, we tell ourselves the lie that we can handle anything. We let the water boil. You are not a frog. If you or a veteran you know needs support, don't wait. Reach out. Find resources at va.gov reach. That's va.gov reach. Brought to you by the United States Department of Veterans Affairs and the Ad Council. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. You're tuned in to another Monday edition of Offsides here on Rowan Radio Channel 2. I'm Larry Dealman, your Monday host for this semester, and I'm joined by Nick Carlson and Ali Pontano. So we've already talked about the NFL and MLB segments for today and to wrap up everything after before our top five, actually. Our last big segment is the NBA. But first... Wake up with Rowan Radio for the Early Birds Special. Every weekday starting at 7 a.m., our hosts will help you get through your morning with entertaining stories and special giveaways, plus news, weather, traffic, and, of course, the music that matters. Start your day off right with the Early Birds Special every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m., only on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM, also online at rowanradio.com. And I know that for... Uh, Rowan Radio right now, we are also doing a Trans-Siberian Orchestra giveaway, so uh, make sure you tune in to that early bird special uh, in the coming weeks. All right, so for the NBA, this actually happened last Tuesday, but of course with Thanksgiving, uh, Aaron and Danny did not do a Wednesday and Friday show, so we will talk about it. So the Sixers practice squad, so basically the Delaware Bluecoats, uh, defeated a healthy Brooklyn Nets team in Philadelphia in Ben Simmons' return. So Ben Simmons, of course, was showered with booze in return to Philadelphia. He had 11 points, 7 rebounds, 11 assists, and also 3 steals and 3 blocks. So not terrible, but, um, of course, he really didn't score in the fourth quarter, so that was pretty hilarious. Uh, The Sixers are keeping it interesting in in the Eastern Conference. Obviously, without Embiid, Harden, and Maxey still, uh, the Sixers' next four games Versus the Hawks, which is tonight at Cavs, at Grizzlies, at Rockets. So some good games coming up. Nick, I'll go to you. The Sixers have been uh, down with uh, some of their best players recently, but they've still been able to win. Yeah, you know, we just won two games against the the Magic. But 
Uh, do you think that the Sixers are getting a little better uh, slowly, even without their star players? Yeah, they're slowly starting to get it back together. I, Grant, it, it was also the beginning of the season. So when you start off kind of slow, it's just kind of getting back into the, into the swing of things. The fact that you don't have Maxie and Harden is kind of crazy because they've been 7-3 and three over their last 10 and they don't even have their two best players. So the fact that they're kind of gelling together and you still don't even have a guy like James Harden or, or Tyrese Maxey is kind of crazy. Tobias Harris has looked really well too. And in that game against the Nets, Shake Milton was really good too. So as you kind of talked about, Larry, a guy from the Delaware Bluecoats, so kind of coming up and making plays, I think the Sixers are looking pretty good. It's just their kind of slow start to the season made people think that they were not good. But still, so much time is left in the season. They have a lot of time left to kind of shoot up that Eastern Conference standing board. Yeah, so, I mean, looking at the uh, the standings right now, obviously this entire season the NBA has kind of been upside down. We saw the Utah Jazz just bulldoze everybody, and now they're the eighth seed in the West. And we're looking at the Eastern Conference. Celtics Bucks obviously are at the top of the conference. The Indiana Pacers, of all people, are the fourth seed. And I did not think they were going to be doing good this year. But, you know, Tyrese Halliburton is him. So, uh, you know, you have the Hawks and the Sixers tied right now for fifth place. So I think the Sixers are getting it back together. It's just like a lot of teams are in some weird spots. I mean, the the Nets and the Heat are even, like, like barely hanging on right now. Uh, so a lot of upside down right now in this uh, NBA season. Allie, I'll go to you. Uh, Sixers practice squad defeated the healthy Brooklyn Nets. Do you think the Sixers are looking a lot better? Are you more confident in them? Or, you know, is this just uh, fool's gold for right now? They did look a lot better, especially against the Nets. I remember I was watching bits and pieces of this game. But like you said, yeah, they just beat the Magic. And who are the Magic, to be completely honest? Five and 15. There we go. Mickey Mouse's team. But it's just repetition at this point. Like, get the young players used to the more veteran players like Tobias Harris and just get them going. Run plays and help them learn the playbook. Mm -hmm. And it's just practice until Maxie and Harden and Embiid are healthy enough. And maybe these guys like Shake Milton will earn a starting position in the near future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Maxi and beating Harden, obviously your three starters. Tobias, um, you know, definitely your stars on this team. And we've seen like Shake Milton really just do very well. Even Paul Reed, uh, former Blue Coats MVP, I believe it was 2021 he was. Uh, so a lot of good talent there um, on the Sixers squad. And we're really seeing uh, if Doc Rivers could only coach like that. Uh, we all know Doc Rivers, you know. Uh, if only he could coach like that with the stars on the team. Uh, we'll see how the Sixers do tonight. I, as, as I said earlier, they're tied with the Hawks for fifth in the East, and the Sixers host the Hawks tonight at 7 o'clock. And then on Wednesday, they will be in Cleveland to take on Donovan Mitchell and the Cavs. So a lot going on with the 76ers. All right, so that ends our NBA segment. I told you it'd be nice and quick. So for our top five, here we go. So we're going to go back to our NFL segment for this one. Name five NFL fringe teams. So what I mean by fringe, I mean uh, some of the lower wild card seedings, so like your six or seven seeds or teams that are looking in, so they're like in the hunt. So name five NFL fringe teams that could grab a playoff seed and perhaps win a game or two in the postseason. 
Nick, I will start with you. If you want to go one to five, five to one, no order. Honorable mention if you have one, go. I don't really have an order, but I think that Washington sticks out as a team that could win just off their defense. I think Heineke's done all right. He's just done a good job of kind of managing the game, being a field general, but the defense is going to be the main part of why they would win a game. I think Seattle, who is just on the fringe right now, could win, especially with Geno there. I feel like they've been looking very well. Kenneth Walker's been very good so far, and Pete Carroll has playoff experience. I think that they couldn't, they wouldn't get there as of right now with their record, but I think they could challenge any team in the playoffs would be the Detroit Lions. And I know that kind of the hype about them is that they're kind of good but don't win any games, and they've kind of stuck up with, <clears throat> with the Buffalo Bills. I think if they were to make it, they could at least give someone a run for their money. Uh, I, I think that the Patriots, just because of Bill Belichick and Mac Jones has looked all right, their defense is usually good, and their run game is also strong too. And I think that if I were to have a list that would be 5-4-3-2-1, my number one team would be the Chargers. <clears throat> I think that just off of Justin Herbert, kind of just doing his things, their defense has looked all right. Probably one of the worst defenses in the league, but when it kind of comes together... I know that they're dealing with injuries, but Herbert alone makes the team look very good, along with Staley and his kind of gutsy play-calling decisions. I think they could challenge any team, especially since you play a team like the Chiefs twice a year, and you've challenged them both times. Yeah, I think those are some good points. The Chargers could get in there, as long as they don't call a timeout in overtime. Just saying. Oh, gosh. Yes. Uh, I went there. So, yeah, Allie, 1-5, uh, to 5-1, five, five to no order. Honorable mention, if you have one, go. Uh, no order, but... It's very similar to Nick's. Um, I have to give it to the 49ers and Seattle just because those two teams got really hot at the right time. The Niners, they got Christian McCaffrey. They got Jimmy Garoppolo back. They're starting to, like, pick it up again with Kyle Shanahan. Seattle, I mean, Geno Smith. Like, Pete Carroll just, like, reverted Geno Smith to make him look like a decent starter not an all-star but like how do you think russell wilson's feeling right about now looking at seattle <laughs> uh let russ cook let me just say mm-hmm. <laughs> broncos country but anyway um the patriots just because it's belichick and somehow some way he always makes it to the playoff even though his team looks like a dumpster fire uh the jets i got handed to them like, they're young, they're talented, but Zach Wilson is not their guy. Zach Wilson, he can have his moments, but they just need to develop him a little bit. Like, that defense is scary good. And then, finally, what you said, the Chargers. Like, how can you ignore the Chargers? They Didn't they just narrowly win against the Cardinals and they put up a really good fight and they also keep in keep it very close against the Chiefs so all right some good choices uh from both of you so I will go my honorable mention I will go with the Detroit Lions uh I think that if they were to win some more games I mean obviously winning is the key word there um I mean I think they could maybe Keep it interesting. I'm not saying they're going to win a game in the playoffs because they haven't won a playoff game in, like, decades, but um, things could get interesting. You never know. Any given Sunday, uh, the next few games to the Lions, you know, versus Jacksonville versus Minnesota and at, at the New York Jets. So uh, some good games there. 
All right, and then I have number five, uh, the Washington Commanders. They have been hot recently. They beat the Eagles for their only loss of the season. They beat the Falcons yesterday in um, in Washington. So, you know, they've been piling some wins, and uh, Carson Wentz is nowhere to be found. Taylor Heineke is getting it done. Uh, so let's see. Number four, I have the Seahawks. Geno Smith, obviously, uh, turning back into a good quarterback for the first time in a while. So uh, six and five, they currently trail the 49ers by one game. So uh, that's going to get really interesting. 49ers at Seahawks, December 15th in prime time. So, you know, that could get interesting, that, that division. Uh, let's see what I have. Number three, I have the New York Jets. You know, we know Robert Sala is a defensive-minded coach. So that's why their defense is really good right now. And uh, Mike White actually might be the answer for the Jets. We'll see how that goes over the next few weeks. Mike White, uh, looking ahead for him, uh, he's got the Vikings up next in Minnesota. So, oh, man, he's got at Vikings and at Bill. So if Mike White's going to make a statement, if he beats, if he wins those games, he might actually be the long-term answer. Just saying. Uh, number two, I got the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, obviously, the Super Bowl loser this past year. Uh, so we'll see how that goes with the Bengals. They're starting to get, uh, get things back to normal. Jamar Chase, obviously, uh, injured. So Joe Burrow definitely has to carry a nice load. Number one is an interesting answer, but I'm only saying it because right now they are a wild card team, and that's the Buffalo Bills. They are the number five. No, let me explain. They're the number five seed in the AFC right now. They're tied with the Dolphins, who are the number two. So they're the same record, but obviously the Bills lost to the Dolphins earlier in the year. Obviously, we know the Bills are going to, you know, do good in the playoffs unless they, you know, face the Chiefs at Arrowhead. Um, we'll see what happens. I'm not downgrading them or downplaying them or anything by putting them on this list, but uh, purely because they're a wild card team, and I know that they're going to pile some wins in the postseason. So that's going to do for Offsides for today. I'd like to thank Nick and Allie for being here uh, today. And we'll try to get Danny Ryan on next time. Unfortunately, he could not be with us today. Um, so make sure you tune in every Monday, Wednesday, Friday for the semester. I'm here on Mondays. Aaron Hook will be your host on Wednesdays. And Danny Ryan will be with you on Fridays. As we wrap up, on, this is our last um, Offsides show of November. So uh, December quickly approaching. We will... I'll be with you next Monday. That is December 5th. So be sure to tune in at 5 o'clock. So for all of us here at Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM, I'm Larry Dealman. Have a good night. You've been listening to Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. Tune in next Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. for another edition of Offsides, only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM.